Fantasy Sports Prime Time on a Wednesday. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. GaryAshton.com, the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators and the place that you go for the Intel Edge that only the Ashton team can provide to you. GaryAshton.com is where you go for your dream address without the stress. The Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage, GaryAshton.com is where you go. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet. Quality American-made Ford vehicles, the best of the best, can be found at Two Rivers Ford, and frankly, is Two Rivers Ford. Whether it be a new or pre-owned vehicle that you're after, Two Rivers Ford has you covered. TwoRiversFord.com is where you can start your search today. So there was a lot of uh, a lot of different things to talk to Todd Downing and Shane Bowen about, but today we're going to focus on the offense because Todd Downing is this offseason what Shane Bowen was last offseason. Last offseason, Shane Bowen was public enemy number one. Now, in all honesty, that title probably belongs to Ryan Tannehill this offseason for frustrated Titans fans and Listen, we all know that the way that the season ended, it was going to cause some angst. You were always going to be fairly miserable about how the situation played out. And so you're looking for a place to take out your frustrations on. And Todd Downing, among other people, pretty easy target to do that. So you're going through all these different things and saying, okay, how can the Titans make this offense better? Where do they need to improve? Because while they did take a dip, statistically, there's a lot of places where you would look back at it and say, okay, the Titans really weren't as bad on offense as people made them out to be. And there's plenty of good reasons why they were not as good as they were in 2020 on the offensive side of the football. In fact, we've talked about those reasons at great length. Talked about the idea that where the Titans were scoring in 2020, uh, rather in 2019, how much different that was where all of the offenses across the league elevated to where the league average was right around where the Titans are or were last year as a as a top 16 offense in football last year. That number would have been much different had they been playing without crowd noise and in sanitized road environments, all the different things that accounted for the bump in offensive productivity during the primary COVID season, which was, of course, 2020, which is the best Titans offense that any of us have ever seen. So, through talking to Todd Downing today, we covered a lot of different ground, how he's working with the new tight end group, where you kind of have to build Malik Willis from the ground up. Um, basically, all the different things, Traylon Burks and his conditioning, all, all the different subjects that are of note. But one in particular caught my attention because Todd Downing was talking about self-scouting and he was asked specifically about the slow starts that the Titans had last season. So I want you to hear from Todd Downing, and then I'm going to give you some numbers on just how slow the Titans were to start in 2021. This was the offensive coordinator at the podium earlier today. Todd, as you look back at last year, and I guess also look ahead, how important is it for you to kind of get things going with the offense early in a game better, you know, the first quarters or even first drives, that kind of thing? How, how significant is that? For yeah, definitely. You know, every aspect of our offense is something I'd take a, a critical look at. Um, for myself first, you know, where I can improve and, and areas that, that maybe I can uh, do a better job in preparation or, or, you know, understanding what we're trying to accomplish. Um, and, and certainly the beginning of games uh, is part of that, you know, and so we looked at that this offseason as a staff and 
uh, again, that was something that Tim was able to give a fresh set of eyes to. And, and you go through and, and some of it, um, you know, you realize you were this close to, you know, some really good outcomes. And then there are some where, uh, you know, obviously we stubbed our toe. So we didn't do a good enough job early in games last year. That's, I'm not hiding from that. I, I completely understand that as a piece of, uh, you know, being able to start faster and put our defense in a better position. Um, you know, so there's a lot that goes into that. And we'll be, uh, we'll be practicing that and looking at that as we go through the rest of the spring and into fall. talking about their slow starts and that's John Glennon asking the question. So the the question that I want to ask you now that you've heard from Todd Downing, uh your Two Rivers Ford take is where I'd like to start. Where does Titans offensive coordinator Todd Downing most need to improve in 2022? Let me know your response on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter and on Twitch where you think as a play caller Todd Downing needs to take his biggest step. You guys let me know in the comment section, and certainly we will talk about it together uh, right after I tell you about the people who make the Two Rivers Ford take possible. That, of course, is Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford, since 1983, has been providing you award-winning customer service, quality American-made Ford vehicles, and so many options. In fact, one of the state's largest selections of Ford vehicles. Whether it's a new vehicle that's on the lot, whether it's the Built For You program that allows you to select any Ford, any color, with any customizable accessories and build your next vehicle personalized for you, or their Two Rivers Ford certified Blue Advantage pre-owned vehicles that they have a wide and varied selection of when you go visit them. Two Rivers Ford, their sales staff does not work on commission, which means they get a paycheck whether they sell you a car or not, which means that you will experience zero pressure throughout the course of the car buying experience. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So where do you think the Titans under Todd Downing need to take the biggest step? Uh, Stephen King says visiting the LASIK Center. So he's going to get the Jameis Winston treatment. Uh, improve immediately. No more 30 interceptions for Jameis after he got LASIK. All of a sudden he's QB1, right? Um, for uh, Thaddeus, he says, we have more weapons, so there's no excuses. Well, that's a pretty interesting perspective because, you know, as I see it, they have different weapons, but more weapons is not an accurate assessment as far as I'm concerned. I'm looking at a, yeah, the tight end group is better, uh, objectively. It would be almost impossible for them to be worse last season. And I don't say that as, you know, to outright attack the players that played that position last year. It's just factually accurate. They didn't get the production that they needed. They do have Robert Woods, who is a stud when he's healthy, but we have no, I think the heap expectations on, on him would be unnecessary at this point, just because there is a lot to expect from a player like that coming off an ACL tear. Um, Traylon Burks, we've documented his struggles at great length. Maybe he ends up being a stud player. He's certainly a stud at Arkansas and to play in the SEC at that high level, he's going to have some ability. Now, if he can get all the other stuff figured out, and he spoke on that today, you know, uh, that's a different matter entirely. But right now, you know, we don't know what Traylon Burks is. And Kyle Phillips and Chickaconquo and Austin Hooper, all these different guys, Derrick Henry, plenty of questions around him right now. So I wouldn't say more weapons uh, is an accurate assessment. Um, because the difference between Shane Bowen coming out of 2020 and Todd Downing 
out of 2021 is that Shane Bowen's unit was, I mean, by consensus, almost talent bereft, right? Vic Beasley and Jadavion Clowney were the major acquisitions that year, and they both fell flat on their face. They had zero pass rush to speak of. They uh, tied the league low in NFL history for the most for the least amount of sacks in the regular season to make a playoff uh, berth, to make a playoff appearance. They had 19 sacks in 2020, and it was among the worst defensive groups that we had seen. Now, they got the pass rush fixed, and everything got substantially better. Turns out Bowen's schemes are not nearly as bad when can he actually get to the quarterback as Harold Landry, Bud Dupree, Jeffrey Simmons, and Danico Autry were able to do. They, could, they couldn't go any lower from 2020 to 2021. Now, it turned out to be quite the opposite. They were among the league's best groups. In the case of Todd Downing, it's a different situation, right? Because Arthur Smith had made it, had made, had made the best offense that we had seen in the history of the Tennessee Titans, right? And there's not just talent and play calling reasons why that happened, but objectively the best. And so Todd Downing had to figure out how to maintain it. And he didn't, right? And there's a bunch of different reasons why that didn't happen. So all the different situations that you come about with, you look at it and say, okay, Todd Downing, there are plenty of reasons why you could look at it and say, he gets, it would be completely fair to give him another crack at this thing. And that's exactly what he's going to get. And we'll talk about why Tim Kelly is the perfect fit for him. But when he was asked the question about slow starts, and I want you to hear his answer again, because I'm going to go through some of the specifics on what he says. This is exactly what Todd Downing responded with when he talked about how they self-scouted their lack of performance early in games last year. As you look back at last year, and I guess also look ahead, how important is it for you to kind of get things going with the offense early in, in a game better, you know, the, the first quarters or, or even first drives, that kind of thing? How, how significant is that? For yeah, me? definitely. You know, every aspect of our offense is something I'd take a, a critical look at um, for myself first, you know, where I can improve and, and areas that, that maybe I can uh, do a better job in preparation or, or you know, understanding what we're trying to accomplish. Um and, and certainly the beginning of games uh, is part of that, you know, and so we looked at that this offseason as a staff. And uh, again, that was something that Tim was able to give a fresh set of eyes to. And, and you go through and, and some of it, um, you know, you realize you were this close to, you know, some really good outcomes. And then there are some where, uh, you know, obviously we stubbed our toe. So we didn't do a good enough job early in games last year. That's I'm not hiding from that. I, I completely understand that as a piece of, uh, you know, being able to start faster and put our defense in a better position. Um, you know, so there's a lot that goes into that. And we'll be uh, we'll be practicing that and looking at that as we go through the rest of the spring and into fall. So when he's talking about slow starts, I wrote this up for AtoZSports.com and you can read it after the uh, show wraps up. They scored a paltry two point or rather 3.4 points per first quarter. So every first quarter, the Titans were averaging 3.4 points, right? There's only two teams who also made the playoffs who averaged that low of a first quarter scoring output. The Packers were worse at 3.2. The Steelers were dead last at 2.1. Tennessee was 22nd in the NFL last year in points scored per first quarter. There's plenty of reasons why that dropped off, but the drop-off was massive, right? With Arthur Smith, they were averaging 6.2 points per first quarter. So they were jumping on top of opponents early and allowing themselves 
giving themselves the leeway to play more their style of football, to allow Derek to, Derek Henry to close out games rather than to be the primary force. So there was reasons why that dropped off. We talked about the injuries, the lack of Derrick Henry. You lost explosive plays with Derrick, where a lot of teams rely heavily on explosive game, uh, explosive plays in the passing game. Certainly that's something that the Tennessee Titans do in the running game better than most. That wasn't there with Derrick last year. So you look at where else that they could, what else could be causing those kind of, basically them stalling out in the first quarter and not being able to keep pace or frankly take control of a game early, which is how they're built to play. You look at how often Todd Downing ran the football on first down. Last season, 299 times on first down. The league does not run on first down. The NFL passes on first down because it is found to be far more efficient. Now, for Todd Downing's purposes, I can't speak to why he decided to run the ball as often on first downs as he did. All I know is that it did not create the best circumstance for them. 299 times in last season, they ran the ball on first downs. The next closest was the Vikings, uh, and the Titans had 25 more first down carries than the Vikings did. 130 of those 299 carries, they were hit at the line of scrimmage. The ball carrier was hit at the line of scrimmage. So no gain, 130 times. That's tops in the league. The ball carrier was hit behind the line of scrimmage 61 times, first in the league. So that means that they everybody knew it was coming. The defense got ready for the first down run. They found ways to stop the first down runs, either at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage and put the Titans in disadvantageous situations. Now, what's even more problematic is how often they ran the ball on second and seven plus. So second and seven plus, basically second and long, right? Second and seven plus. League leading, 79 times on second and long did the Titans run the football. Now, they did average 4.7 yards per carry on those plays, but that's because the defense is going to give you those 4.7 yards per play and then hope that they can stop you on third and three or third and four, for example. They made life significantly harder on themselves than need be. It's not an efficient style of play. It's hugely predictable. And those are the reasons why it was easier to stop the Titans in 2021 as opposed to 2020. They just were frankly more predictable. And Todd Downing had only, you know, had only certain personnel that he was able to use on a regular basis. And a lot of that was without Derrick Henry, but still to lead the league in first down runs and to lead the league in second and seven runs, second and seven plus runs is not the situation that you want to be in. Uh, MB says it's one thing to run the ball, but most of the times it was up the middle. That's why it kept getting stuff predictable. You know, I have uh, I have access now to sports info, uh, sports info solutions, and I can find out exactly where the majority of those runs were. I don't have that information at my disposal right now. But it's pretty, uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, I, I don't know how accurate that observation is, but I can give you an exact number on that. Maybe I'll do that on, uh, on uh, social media later tonight because that would be something that I would have to plug into the database. And the database spits it back at you. It's really, really great. Love sports info solutions. Um, I would put everyone in the box and make Tannehill throw, says Adam Gamble. Right. So that's kind of the thing that which gets into our next topic, how Tim Kelly can be a perfect fit for this, because Todd Downing spoke on Tim Kelly, as did Robert Woods, who met with the media uh, after practice today. 
So we'll get into the Tim Kelly portion of things. And the question that I want to ask you is this, who benefits most from new Titans passing game coordinator, Tim Kelly? Let me know in the comment section on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch. We will discuss at length together. You let me know how you feel about it, who you believe on this offense benefits the most from Tim Kelly's presence. And we will discuss at length together right after I tell you about the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage, GaryAshton.com. That's where you go for the Ashton Real Estate Group for the best in the business, for the Intel edge that you need to be able to succeed. The Gary Ashton team is the best in the business because of that Intel edge that only they can provide to you. It helps you sell your home without any stagings, uh, without any showings or stagings. It helps you find your next home so you can sell your current one while the market's still hot, and it helps you win the buyer battle and cash in on your home equity right now. You can be like everybody else and get the same information and compete for the same properties, or you can do the smart thing. You can do the more efficient thing. You can go to GaryAshton.com, get the edge with the best real estate intel in Nashville. Get the confidence to sell your home without the stress and with time to find your dream address by calling the Gary Ashton team with Remax Advantage today at 615-301-1650 or visit GaryAshton.com. So, who benefits most from the presence of Tim Kelly? I think it's a pretty interesting question to kind of dive into. Omar says uh, he loves tight ends. And I would have to go back and look at Tim Kelly's personnel groupings um, because the Titans certainly love tight ends. But if there's one thing that we found out last year is that you can't count on a certain personnel group, just frankly, to be available because they ran through 91 damn players last year. Um, Tanapic uh, says Frankie Arvelo says Tanapic needs to sit his ass down. Three lost seasons because of him. Give Malik Willis a chance. Um, well, Frankie, I would say that the only chance that you have this season is if Ryan Tannehill uh, performs in any way, shape, or form. Malik Willis is not going to be able to give you anything more. In fact, your season would be quickly in the toilet if Malik Willis were to start right now. doesn't mean that Malik Willis can't turn into a player eventually. Um, but right now, Malik Willis is nowhere close to ready. So I think just, you know, frankly, Frankie, there does not, uh, there does not, there is not a uh, there is not a feasible solution at the quarterback outside of Tannehill right now. So you instead of screaming at him in all caps uh, that he needs to sit his ass down, you better hope that he plays very very well because he's your best opportunity to win in the immediate until Malik Willis is ready to take over. Um, who benefits most from this? Randy Hinberg says the obvious answer would be quarterback and wide receiver. Um, I think. I think that it is, I think that, yes, I think everybody's going to benefit from this. And I think ultimately Todd Downing is the person who benefits most from this. Because what Todd Downing told us today is that, uh, what Todd Downing told us today is that he himself served in an offensive, uh, in a passing game coordinator role after the staff in Oakland that he was coaching under. He was the offensive coordinator in Oakland, remember, in 2016 and 17. The owner of the Raiders, Mark Davis, wanted to hire John Gruden, so he fired Jack Del Rio and that entire staff, which included Todd Downing at the time. So Todd Downing lands with the Minnesota Vikings as a passing game coordinator and a senior offensive assistant. Todd Downing learned how to be a passing game coordinator and what to expect out of a passing game coordinator. And so now he can implement that to Tim Kelly, who's in a similar role, who is coming as a former offensive coordinator 
looking to kind of get back on his feet professionally and coming to a team who just needs somebody to bounce offensive ideas off of and to help kind of correct things in real time. An extra set of ears, an extra set of eyes. Jim Schwartz for what the defense was last year, a former head coach, a former defensive coordinator, multiple times over, that was going to be able to help Shane Bowen, Mike Vrabel, and that staff kind of get their things together, plus better talent is what made the defense and what set the defense over the top. So who ultimately benefits the most from Tim Kelly? Well, the obvious answer is everybody, but I think Todd Downing, as the face of the offense, is going to be the person who gets the most out of this. And Robert Woods spoke to Tim Kelly and his abilities and his helpfulness so far in the early goings earlier today. Still new to you. You have a sense of Coach Tim Kelly yet? Yeah, uh, big time. Uh, even just with, with him and Brandon Cooks, I got word from Brandon Cooks when he was in Houston talking about it was a great coach in, in the passing game, being able to have him out here when we're doing drills and, and phase one, uh, being able to pick his brain and talk about a lot of our route concepts and passing concepts. And then uh, even just hearing him speak in the meeting rooms, um, being able to have that uh, experience um, is, is really big for uh, myself and uh, and Hooper at the tight end position, being able to play fast and be able to attack zones uh, in a passing game. So there will be dividends all over the place. Uh, is Kelly better than Downing, says Adam Gamble? Well, we, we don't. Um, well, that's a good question. Because, like, statistically, Tim Kelly's, Tim Kelly's offenses haven't done well. Um, now, Deshaun Watson led the league in passing in 2020 with Tim Kelly as the, uh, as the offensive coordinator, but also they won four games that year. So for all the good that it did them, uh, Deshaun Watson, a hugely talented quarterback, and Tim Kelly weren't able to find ways to win games. They were in a lot of close games, and Deshaun Watson certainly – was the uh, was the highlight of that season for the Texans, but it ultimately didn't lead to wins and losses, or rather lead to additional wins over losses. And last year he had Davis Mills. So it's kind of a weird, kind of a weird situation to look at and say, okay, they were they were not good on offense last year either, but it's a very bizarre circumstance at this point. Adam Odell says, no, Buck, that wasn't a good question. LOL, how can you measure that? Well, I've just told you because they've both been offensive coordinators at different points in their career. So I think it's a fair question. Um, I think it's a completely fair question. I think it's reasonable to go back and look at what Tim Del Tim Kelly has done in his career, what Todd Downing has done in his career, not in just uh, the Titans, but with the Raiders as the offensive coordinator there, and kind of say, okay, who's who is more equipped to do this job and what were the circumstances surrounding them? And, you know, that would take a little deeper study that, you know, maybe if things go poorly this offseason, we can have that conversation. If there are upgrades that need to be made and Tim Kelly sitting there, does that actually represent an upgrade or not? There can be a legitimate conversation had there. But I think that everybody is going to benefit from Tim Kelly's presence in the same way that everybody benefited from Jim Schwartz last year. And I think that's the biggest takeaway that you can have about this Titans offense at this point. Um there is a, there's a lot, there's a lot to, uh, there's a lot to like and a lot to be optimistic about, uh, with this Titans offense, because you understood the circumstances that they were up against and how quickly that, uh, how they needed to rebound and all the things that went wrong and still found themselves as the number one overall seat. So it's not like their basement level, like the Titans defense was after 2020. I'm not saying that Todd Downing is, is going to be a great offense coordinator. I don't have the information to give you that right now. There's certainly not the sample size to give you that right now. And 
just because there are a million excuses for why things went the way they did in 2021, you could also say, well, for the same reasons that there's reasons that Ryan Tannehill didn't perform well, Ryan Tannehill can perform better in the same way that there's plenty of reasons why Todd Downing may not necessarily have been set up perfectly for success. Todd Downing can also be better, be more creative. There are plenty of instances where you can point to, to say, as we've just gone over some of them, that the Titans just, they weren't, they weren't good enough. They weren't creative enough. They weren't prepared to keep pace with where the rest of the NFL was. And so anything, anything more that they can get out of this group is going to be beneficial because they were still top 10 in the red zone last year. They were still top 10 on third down percentage. They were still really good in goal to go situations, right? So there's a lot that there is still to work with. Now it's going to come without AJ Brown and there's plenty of questions around Derrick Henry. And I still don't know what position Dylan Raidens is going to play, even though Mike Vrabel said he's been working primarily at right tackle today in the press conference. There's plenty of questions about this offense, but the good thing is that there is things that you can build upon and that to get the additional help in just the right place really makes Tim Kelly and Todd Downing a good match for one another. And we'll see how the uh, experiment, for lack of a better term, goes. Um we will uh, we'll get into. By the way, speaking of uh, speaking of all the new skill position players, did a podcast with Greg Cosell today. Did the install with Greg Cosell today. We talked about Chigakonkwo and Kyle Phillips. Kyle Kyle Phillips is the prospect in the Titans draft class who Greg I think swoons over the most. Even though there may be more talented players, there may be more physically gifted players. I think you'll really enjoy Greg's insights and analysis on Kyle Phillips today. So you can go look up the install with Greg Cosell of NFL Films in your favorite podcast app after we wrap up the primetime show and you can be hugely entertained and informed by Greg, the man himself. All right, speaking of entertained, Cork Bats put out a... Now, Cork Bats is something that I know a lot of you are familiar with. It's a, it's a, our buddy Austin Huff at the Tighten Up Podcast um, runs this website called Cork Bats and they do parody sports, right? and Austin is a diehard Titans fan. Uh, they market Corkbacks as the number one Derrick Henry fan site on the internet. So he does things like Derrick Henry work, workout breakdowns, which of course plays right into most Titans fan kinks. So I'm going to show you the Derrick Henry one, and then I'm going to show you the one he made of me because it's four times as long as the Derrick Henry video, and it is 10 times as funny. But here's first the Derrick Henry video. Hey, what's up, Derrick? No, that's dumb. Hey, King. <laughs> no. Derrick. Sup? No, come on. What's up, Derek? It's your boy, Austin. Well, I'm not his boy. What are you doing? Oh, what's up, Derek? No, that's stupid. Yo, 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 Derek. Come on. Good day, King. Stupid. What's up, Derek? It's me, Austin, from Cork Bats. You follow us on Instagram, so I'm thinking there's a good chance you see this, but I just want to say, one, you're awesome. And two, just wanted to know, like, uh, do you have any plans on releasing any off-season workout videos this year, man? I think I speak on behalf of most Titans fans. They're like, aside from the Bengals game, which was awesome, by the way. Sick touchdown, dude. That was dope. But, like, we haven't gotten to see you much this year. Obviously, with the injury and everything, and then the off-season, uh, can you just, like, give us something? Because, again, you're awesome. And I just think it would be cool to, like, know that you're okay. Last year, you gave us, like, a workout video a week. And that got us through the off-season. This year, it's been a barren wasteland of nothing. Honestly, at this point, we'll take anything. If you want to just do, like, deadlifts, hang clean, back squats, front squats, just a push-up. Or if you want to get exotic with it, you could do another BOSU ball rubber band push-up with a flavor flavor chain around your neck. We're not picky. We just want to see you in action. Because it's been a while and we miss you.
A lot. Anyway, keep saying dope as hell, dude, because that's what you are. You're dope. Am I not good at this? So, anyway, just hope you're doing well. You're the man. And, yeah, we love you. Thank, thanks for following Cork Paths, the number one Derrick Henry fan site on the internet. Tighten up. Okay, so that, uh, and Austin has done many great videos. He's hugely creative. I don't know how much time he spends on these things. It has to be monumental the amount of time because he did one of me, all right? Now, you guys know that I'm trying to lose I'm trying to lose weight. I've got about 15 pounds to go before I'm 220 by training camp, okay, at this point. So I posted a video because my gym, um, my gym is very, very social media driven. So they, uh, they know how to market to people who are of a Instagram generation. And so I had one of these videos. I thought it was funny. I posted it on the internet. I knew I was going to get roasted for it. But I said, you know, hey, maybe maybe there, maybe there will be some funny content to come out of this. And little did I know that my friend Austin Huff was going to absolutely flame me in four minutes of internet glory. It is the funniest shit I've ever seen. Bravo to Austin Huff. All I can do is sit back and applaud him absolutely taking me down. You guys are going to enjoy this. Hey, it's Austin from Cork Bats. Let's talk about Buck Rising's workout. This one comes via request from Eric Helbling on Twitter. Now, just when you thought Derrick Henry was the only one from the Nashville area dropping sick workout videos in the offseason, just wait until you see Buck's. Now, you may know Buck from his midday show on 104.5 The Zone, his primetime show on A to Z Sports, or from being the only Nashvilleian who likes floral shirt patterns more than big rats. <laughs> I mean, seriously, the only thing he loves more than floral patterned shirts is that fingernail painting emoji. Now, if you don't know his face, first off, you're lucky, but you'd probably recognize his voice. He's the guy on the radio who sounds like Andrew Luck gargling gravel. He's the guy who sounds like if Tony Robbins was really, really parched. Like if Cookie Monster smoked cigarettes for 40 years. That's Buck's voice. Now, Buck's from Indiana, which you might have assumed with a name like Buck, and he went to the University of Indiana, which again is fitting because he has the most Hoosier first name, Buck. Like his first name screams, my first pet was a pop. Awesome. You know, like the kind of guy who only wears socks to work events. And sometimes even then he forgets. Like his first name screams, I went from living in a double wide to now being as big as one. Look, not my words, those are his. And his last name may look like it's pronounced Reesing, but it's actually pronounced Rising. Buck Rising. His name loosely translates to inflation. In fact, a good way to remember how to pronounce his last name is that his last name is a lot like his weight. Rising. Again, not my words. That comes from Buck himself, who admittedly wants to get down to 220 by training camp. In fact, he posted this video. Why? I have no idea. I'm assuming he likes getting blasted by the internet. Maybe he enjoys pain, like Buffalo Bill, who he coincidentally also sounds like. Oh, wait. Was she a great big fat person? But like if Buffalo Bill went through puberty like four more times. Was she a great big fat person? That's right. Like the old sports writer's cliche, Buck wants to show up to training camp in the best shape of his life. But this is nothing new for him. I mean, this is a guy who back in the day, I'm pretty sure was an extra on the set of heavyweights. So let's break down this workout. Now we first see Buck here rocking his Adam Sandler fit running, if you want to call it that. It's more like the run you do when you've got to take a dump. Uh, move, move, I gotta go. You know, some people work out doing the downward dog. Buck likes doing the prairie dog. Now you can tell because he's running straight up. Like former Titans running back Chris Brown thinks he's running too straight up. And notice Buck has the body of an action figure. Not in the sense that he's insanely ripped, but more in the sense that his hands are always in fists and his arms are always bent at 90 degree angles. Like why is he so stiff? I've seen dead bodies less stiff. What is he nervous because there's so many cute girls in his class? <laughs> I mean seriously, check out the rest of his class. It's like a conveyor belt of cute. And then Buck. It's like, hey, ladies, and oh, what the f***? 
Which brings me to my next point. Did he do this workout in a sorority house? Like, is this Tri-Delta? Because frankly, Buck should try salad. I mean, there's so many women. This must be P90X, because there's not a Y chromosome in sight. It's harder to find a guy in his class than it is to find a caller with a sane take on his show. And yet, somehow, the bounciest boobs in the room are Buck's. And then here he is doing some dumbbell skier swings, which is probably the only time you'll see Buck skiing right now, because, well, ski lifts have weight limits. Again, his words, not mine. And if you notice, he's using the same size dumbbells as the much smaller female to his right. Not trying to play into any sexist stereotypes, just pointing out a fact. And then there's this shot of Buck doing this workout, which I'm not really sure what this workout is or what it does really, but I feel like it's great for parents at airports for when they see their kid climb onto the baggage claim carousel, just drop the bags and run. And I love how choreographed it is. It's like I'm watching a deleted scene from High School Musical. I also like to think that someone off camera just yelled, free donuts, and Buck went running. So that's all we got to see Buck doing in this workout class. Personally, I kind of wish we got to see him doing this workout, but I guess we'll have to wait for the next video to drop. But look, all jokes aside, no fitness journey is easy. So to Buck, best of luck getting down to 220 by training camp. And honestly, look at it this way. Really, this is win-win for you. If you get there, great. If you don't, you get to eat your words, which I'm sure you'd enjoy, Tubby. <laughs> <laughs> I have watched that shit, I'm telling you, 10 times over. It is laugh out loud funny. It is incredible. I could not be. Honestly, I... <laughs> it's just... It's it's so well done. I, I texted Huff. I said, you one, you're sick. How much time did you spend on that? going through it but the uh, the the inflation line i mean it's just <laughs> it's honestly incredible i i should be ashamed i <laughs> cuz he was spot on time after time after time but i'm not i'm on i'm honored to have been mocked by the great austin huff of cork bats because he absolutely roasted my ass and I, uh, I just, I could not, I could not get enough of it. So it's on corkbats.com if you want to watch it again as many times as I did because my, and, and he makes, he makes videos all over the place. Uh, he does Derrick Henry. He does, uh, a, but he's done Kyle Brandt of the NFL Network. Those are the three that he's done. Me, Derek, and Kyle Brandt. One of those things is not like the other. Yeah, he's on my head, Frank Hickerson. Absolutely. He's on my head. He's on my neck. He's on everything. He's on my fat ass is what he's doing. It's incredible. I uh, A round of applause for Austin Huff. It's absolutely spectacular. That's not cool, but it's funny since that is. No, I think it's I think it's great. <laughs> I, listen, if I can laugh about that shit, Thaddeus, you better laugh about that shit because it is objectively hilarious. And I think for as, many, as, as often as I get on here and roast one of you guys, I think that I am totally, totally down to get roasted from time to time. <laughs> That'll do it for us tonight. Uh, radio show tomorrow, Trevor Sikkim of Pro Football Focus. Ron Slay, we're going to talk some NBA finals. It's going to be a great time. Hope you guys show up. Uh, hopefully, you know, maybe maybe we'll see if Huff can't come on the show because it is, uh, uh, it's, it's too good. It's too good not to talk about, even though the radio show does not necessarily lend itself to an audio uh uh, to a uh, video bit. Anyway, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a great rest of your evening. Prime time for one last time this week, tomorrow night at 8 p.m.